Hello and welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Podcast, the podcast where we take a certain genre, a director, an actor, or in this case, a character, and we look at their best movies, their worst movies, and those movies that are shaken but not stirred. <laughs> My name is Micah. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And uh, hello there. Oh. That was my Sean Connery. You see, my New Year's resolution <laughs> why, why is... Why are you doing Sean Connery? I, well, I, because we are obviously talking about James Bond here, but uh, a certain kind of James Bond. And see, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to do more impressions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get better support. impressions, yeah. but I'm going to do more. I want you to sing more. Can you sing a theme for us? Uh, da, da, da. Doesn't have to be the Bond theme. Just anything. Was that the Bond theme? I don't <laughs> I assume that's where he was going. I what do, was that? What, yeah, that was the that was okay. the bond. It was the opening of the bond. I could do our, you know, like uh, our. Bum, bum, but I guess they just heard that. Yes. <laughs> Charles, would you like Happy to? Happy New Year's. Charles, would you like to introduce our special guest for this podcast? Yes, we have Mark here. Now, you guys remember Mark was in our Star Wars follow-up episode on Force Awakens, and um, he. He wrote me in his uh, James Bond picks for the last episode of last year, um, and he wanted to do Daniel Craig Bond movies. So, Mark. Hello, this is Mark. It may be the most restrictive uh, set of genre, uh, restrictive genre yet, but... Uh... Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, there are only four Daniel Craig <laughs> Bond movies. We usually pick three movies. But so, Mark... which one's a loser? Well, he, he said the one that he didn't pick was his honorable mention, so that's Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> which, okay, so what were your picks? My picks in chronological order of release date are Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and The New Spectre. So he's you're a soulless guy. He's going against the grain already in chronological <laughs> order. All right. So, uh, Mark, since uh, you are uh, leading this train or conducting this train today, so how do you want to... Train wreck? <laughs> uh, that's to be determined. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it already yeah. has been. Uh, which would you like to start with? Uh, let's. Well, this whole thing started when I kind of started having a conversation with Charles about the franchise in general, the Daniel Craig franchise. So... I'd like to go in chronological order, if that's okay with everybody here, and kind of talk about how they produce these movies. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So Casino Royale would be first up. What do you guys all think that pick is for me? That has got to be your best. Yeah, yeah got to be a good one. Okay, yeah. I thought that'd be a little obvious. It is my good pick. And I've got to... I, I will do the synopsis here. i got a little one typed up. It really is a fan. Casino, yeah. <laughs> Casino Royale tells the story of James Bond's beginning. As his uh, as he hunts down the terrorist financier Le Chiffre, played by Mads Mikkelsen, I believe is his name, also known as uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yes. An Englishman by the name of Mr. White introduces Le Chiffre to the uh, Ugandan warlord who entrusts his money with Le Chiffre to short sell stock in an aerospace company. Le Chiffre then hires a man to blow up the company's newest airliner to drive the stock down. When Bond foils this plan, Le Chiffre's only option is to set up a high-stakes game of poker of course, to win the Warlord's money back. Of course, his only option. Yeah, yes. his only option. <laughs> no offense, Micah, but that was probably the best synopsis reading we've had. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. <laughs> that should be my New Year's resolution. Be more like Mark. <laughs> Synopsize better. Uh, I've got a two-word uh, review for all of these movies. My two-word review for this movie is Sex and Adrenaline. And that's uh, those are like the... If I, could, if I could sum this movie up in two 
words, that would be it. I mean, you've got, this is the first movie where you've really got a ripped James Bond. Mm-hmm. Micah was talking earlier about how he comes out of the, the ocean, you know, and he's shirtless. Uh, before they've all been kind of, you know, they've been built, but it's been more of a gentlemanly kind of, you know, right. older older man type of Which, thing. by the way, I like to talk about that daily. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, it's actually interesting you mentioned the sex part because I, I mean, it's, uh, he has, in this movie, he has like the least amount of sex in a James Bond movie. And he doesn't even, it's it's Ava Green's character. That's the only one he sleeps with, right. Vesper, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, he, he, but he's also in a relationship with her. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I mean. Just, he's like, he comes he, pretty close with that other woman, though. But he doesn't, yeah. though. Yeah. He like he calls for the room service, which is yeah. that's an interesting change for a James Bond yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I I feel like I got to point that out that this is this movie's probably the least James Bond movie of any James Bond movie. Well, we can we'll talk about that a little later too. I don't know <laughs> if I agree with you there. Okay, but. Uh, yeah, you know, this this was fast-paced from the beginning. You know, you've got the two-kill scene where he they kind of splice them together and he finds out that the second kill is easier. And they capitalized on a lot of popular trends at the time. The parkour scene at the beginning that was popular in the... Uh, the uh, Early aughts. Yeah. Texas Hold'em, too, at that time was huge. And even mm-hmm. the Body Worlds exhibit that they've got that scene in was kind of a big oh, deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was all this kind of cool stuff, trendy stuff they were doing. Uh, Do you think, Mark, that because of that, this movie will be even more dated 10 years from now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it, because it was cool at the time, but I think it's still it's still interesting now. I don't, I don't know. All that stuff just seemed to work for me. Because it's mm-hmm. been, what, what? When was this release? I don't even know. 2006. So this has been 10 years. Yeah, it's been. This November. Yeah. Wow. It's hard to believe. And it's still great because I just watched it and, I don't know, I was glued to the edge of my seat the well, whole time. You know, time. I was actually, I was thinking about it like... Uh, so Daniel Craig is obviously kind of unhappy, it seems like, with Bond movies. He's made four in the past ten years. I was like, okay, man, that's, that's you know, he's, he's getting older. But I was thinking about, like, Sean Connery, I mean, he was roughly the same time frame. It was, like, 62 to the early 70s, 71, I think, with Diamonds Forever, or Forever. Um, uh, but he made a lot more movies in that time frame. Sean Connery was cranking oh, yeah. out, like, every year. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. wonder, I mean, I'm kind of derailing it, but I really do wonder, like, what the... How many years one should stay at Bond, you know? Well, it's weird, too, because with this new reboot, they've really gone into his history as a character. So it's going to be bizarre seeing anybody else play it. They're going to have yeah. to do another reboot, it seems like, for it to even gel. Yeah. yeah. Don't they... Aren't there... Isn't Daniel Craig in a contract for, like, two to three more movies? I know or... he's in for one more movie. Like, oh, okay. I think Spectre was one of them, and I think it's one or two more. But Okay. I, and I know we'll talk about when we get to Spectre, but... Man, it's, I don't know where they could go with his right. character. It's like it wrapped it up pretty nicely. Uh-huh. And Daniel Craig brought the most realism to the Bond character. Oh, yeah, and this was the era of the gritty reboots where you had Batman Begins uh, just a year before. And I think they did a really good job walking the fine line between keeping that realism, but it was also a funny movie, and they also had a lot of nods to the old Bond franchise as well. Well, and yeah, no, we're talking about the casting. Uh, Judy Dench. Returning for M. Absolutely. Which was kind of confusing to me, but everybody loved it. Nobody seemed to care that there was a continuity gap because yeah, she's just like her as the actress. So that's it had to be. I mean, it, previously it had always been a, a male in that role. So, And I apologize. Dame Judy Dench. Yes. Yes. How dare you? And, you know, you, you said that it kind of was related to a lot of classic Bonds. I feel like the sequel started trying to do too much like the old Bonds, you know, like especially Spectre. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that too. Um, but one thing, Charles, you mentioned that there was less actual sex in this movie with Bond, but I feel like, you know, I like that 
I think it was a sexy movie just because they, you know, they had the ladies looking at Bond as he walked by, and they had, I don't know, even the, even the scene, the torture scene where he's like naked sitting in the chair, you know, is like horrible, but it's also, you know, I don't know. I just don't you agree with it. What are you going with that? It was kind of, I don't know. It's kind of. No, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, I okay. I actually I agree. Um, there was a the lo- female here should speak on this. Yeah. Like the guys are dominating the sex discussion about how Daniel Craig is sexy. I just want to throw that out there. Well, he was very sexy, but I I think I agree with Mark that there's a lot of sensuality in this movie, and there's less, you know, in in some of the old Bonds, we all love them, but but it was just like, boop, clothes are coming off now, you know, like it wasn't as actually sexy like they were having sex but it was it, there was the sensuality was missing but in this movie there's so much tension between bond and vesper and there's so much that they're not saying to each other and there's so much that's being said in in these other words that they're saying like in in their banter just in the looks that they're exchanging would you say less is more then in yeah that context? I, I would yeah. i mean and i feel that way about movies in general and i feel like there was a little more mystery in a movie handled in the way that it was handled in this movie and i really liked it i thought it made the movie stronger yeah and bond movies are kind of known originally for being kind of sexist you know this this spy comes in and sleeps with all the women and they eventually die or get used up but i think this movie does a good job with gender role i mean we mentioned judy dench being m is the first time you have a female playing that role but even just the fact I mentioned Bond having his own bathing suit scene, you know, is kind of a nod to the old movies, but now it's Bond in the role of, you know, the sex symbol as well. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot. Uh, I think they established a good intimacy with M and Bond. You know, they got him inside of her house kind of breaking in and we kind of see that motherly figure there. And she's the one he's really trying to impress. We're speaking of, do you know what M stands for? I not, do not. not officially. Tell us. The Micah. movie did not tell us. It officially stands for mother. So even when it was a man, it stood for mother. That's what Ian Fleming called mother his. Mother England, or uh, oh, maybe oh. perhaps. Oh, interesting. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, she was that relationship. She had it with Pierce Brosnan, but those movies they were kind of bringing uh, James Bond out of the Cold War. So it's, there's even a line in Goldeneye about that. So it's cool that she was in two different uh, James Bond movies. But again, I think. I think it was a better role for her in these movies. It was. They because they they went the extra mile to develop his his backstory specifically with her. I mean, you 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 get more of the sense that you never got in the older movies that he had a difficult upbringing and he was perhaps without strong, you know, parental guidance, I don't yeah. know. No, Mark, was there anything else that you wanted to say about this one? No, I think we pretty much covered most of it. Just to do you have anything bad to say about this movie? Any of three of you? I think it's a brilliant. I mean, not even being a James Bond film. I think it's a great James Bond film, but it's a brilliant movie in the way that it it uh, presents itself. That mm-hmm. it constantly has some type of conflict, and not just you know a conflict of like, oh, he's got to chase after this guy, but you know, real conflict. He's uh, that is constantly happening to him. Yeah. Um... I also think it's interesting that uh, the same director, and I'm blinking on his name, but he directed Goldeneye and this one. He directed, oh, that's right, yeah. He directed two of the kind of, you know, reboots with a different Bond, although I know Goldeneye wasn't really a reboot, but still, it, you know, I wonder how much of that is him and how much did he bring to that to change the... I mean, again, we're talking about M and the other one and Cold War and this one, more a modern Bond that's not quite as sexist. 
Um, this one actually reminded me a lot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, if you've seen that one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess we haven't really talked about Bond movies a ton, but um, that was the one that Connery basically did not want to come back to Bond, so they brought in George Lazenby, and he did one movie, and then Connery came back. But it had a similar plot in that, you know, Bond fell in love with a, girl, with a woman, and, right. you know, and, and, and there was much more of a romantic angle to it than previously. And... I, I really, I mean, I, I touched on this just a second ago a little bit, but one of the, I mean, I, I really love the character of Vesper. I think something that's been missing in the previous movies is an actual strong female heroine. I mean, they, they try to, like, you know, give her a, a, a powerful title, like she's a sexy nuclear physicist or something, you know, like, oh, cool job, lady. But, but in this movie, she's actually a complicated character. There's all these shades to her personality. She has so much bubbling beneath the surface, and she can keep up with him. She, he's, she's not just some, um, you know, lady that he's saving all the time and chasing after. I mean, she really contributes something to the relationship. And unless I'm missing something, her name isn't a... Uh... A innuendo right it's just a straight name like most of their yeah. bond ladies have you know really bad names like holly goodhead or yeah stuff like that it's like you know honeypot yeah. all that stuff like i and feel they like jo- they gave they her a serious name that too yeah 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 they give they give her a serious name and she's a ser- like in quantum of solace the when it's strawberry fields was her name yeah and she's a redhead right. so so moving on chronologically to quantum of solace 2008 is that right? You want to move on? That's it, yeah. And uh, now I need to ask you three. It's been so long, I forgot how you wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask, which one do you, do you think this is my ugly or my bad pick? You know, I I think it's bad, personally. I, I do too, and I don't think it's actually a bad movie, but of the four, I think it's the one that I like the least. Uh, I think you're going to pick it is bad, but I don't know if it's necessarily a bad movie like Kelly said. I'm going to say you pick it as bad, but it is a bad movie. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. Yes, it is my bad movie. Uh, and in its defense, that when I watched it for this podcast, I didn't dislike it as much as I did when I saw it in theater. But when I was there in theater, I was really let down by this movie, um, partly because... I'm a huge Jack White fan. I was, and, oh, yeah, you beat me to was, it. Yeah, he was called in to do the the intro music with Alicia Keys. But I liked the song they wrote. Uh, the rest of the movie was but kind the, of let but, down. But the intro was boring, right? The opening? It was. It was just it was sand weird. and bullets over the sand. Yeah, the you mean the visuals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, let's do a synopsis first, lest we forget. Indeed. Quantum of Solace starts directly after Casino Royale. Uh, Bond is driving Mr. White to Italy for an interrogation about the mysterious organization he belongs to. So this movie picks up directly after uh, Casino Royale. However, M's bodyguard reveals himself as a double agent and allows White to escape. Bond traces the double agent back to an environmentalist entrepreneur, Dominique Green, who is helping Bolivian General Medrano overthrow his government and become president. Green's lover becomes involved with Bond and helps him defeat her, helps Bond defeat Green and Medrano as we learn the general killed her family. Yes. The synopsis seems like it's leaving out some stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, the, sounds better in the movie though. One of the reasons I don't like this movie is because, in theater especially, I felt like the plot was hard to follow. Even yeah, um, it was kind of all over the place. Well, um, and, and you said it. It's directly after Casino Royale, and it truly is. Like it opens up on a huge chase scene. Right. That I feel like it sets the tone for the rest of the movie because it's kind of chaotic and. It's over edited and there's like a million shots like every it's like a Michael Bay movie. Right. So my two word review for this movie is wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah, especially because the 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 foot chase scene in the first one, the whole parkour thing, 
it was really well done. They used a lot of wide shots, which was important for, for that kind of scene. This one did the opposite, which is strange because it's the exact same director. It no, did, it's different. Uh, it's Mark Forster. Yeah, he didn't direct the first one. He didn't direct Casino Royale. Because of what now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Martin Campbell. Yeah, yeah he, oh. direct, he directed. That's the guy, Goldeneye, in this one. But. Oh, okay, okay. So it is a different actor. Oh, Mystery okay. Solved, then. That's good. Um, yeah, Mystery Solved. So the fact that there's uh, you know, a lot of shaky cam, a lot of real close parts... That whole foot chase scene was so confusing and a little nauseating, too, to watch. And I don't... Okay. I don't know what the title means. I I know you're an English uh, fan. I don't know what you want me to reveal on the show about your secret private history. Well, yeah. um, But suffice to say, you know you're English. What does Quantum of Solace mean? Well, the, the secret organization's name is just Quantum... And Quantum of Solace, I mean, Quantum is time, obviously, and Solace is like a rest, I believe. So, like a time of rest, which doesn't seem to fit this movie. I mean, I might be getting that wrong, but... I sort of interpret... I mean, it... Okay, what I took from it was that throughout the whole movie, there was this subplot of him denying that he was seeking closure and comfort from Vesper's death, and he was denying it, but then at the end, you kind of realize, okay, he said, Em, you're right, you know, I was really doing this because of her all along, and he was... Um, <clears throat> kind of had this vendetta against Vesper's lover who led to her being blackmailed. Um, so I thought, I just sort of thought they were doing a play on the name of the organization mixed with the fact that he was seeking a little solace. I don't know if that's right, though. Yeah, well, he. the one thing I like about this movie is what they did with the characters um, and and continuing Bond's story arc. Um but I, I have two main problems with this movie. The first is the cinematography. Maybe it's more editing than cinematography, but you were talking about the chaotic scenes. I feel like that would have been fine if they had had a visual payoff at the end of that chaos, but there was no climax to the scene. It just, and, and I kept keeping track every scene, the car chase scene at the beginning did it. They showed a car explode, but it was like two second shot and they kept moving on. Uh, the boat scene did it, and that's what I remember the most from the theater. He grabs a anchor, I guess, and throws it on the other guy's boat. Well, it was hard to tell who was even in the boat. Right. Like at the end, I was like, "Is she still in the boat?" And they finally kind of showed yeah. her for a split second. It's like, oh. And then, and then Bond hands her unconscious body off to a guy who asks no questions and just takes it. I like yeah. that. But anyway, uh, and I, Roger Moore is on, uh, on record as saying that Daniel Craig was a damn good Bond, but the film as a whole, there was a bit too much flash cutting, and it was just like a commercial of the action. There didn't seem to be any geography, and you were wondering what the hell was going on. I mean, I think that pretty that yeah. sums up my. Well, and the reason I said Michael Bay is because that, that was part of the complaints about uh, Transformers, especially uh, like Transformers Two and all that. Like you, there were these giant robots fighting, and you had no idea who was fighting who or what and what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem with this. Someone also said, I remember when this came out that they were really trying to go off the whole Jason Bourne thing and make Bond like that. I was going to say that. This is about the same time that the Bourne movies were really... Well, I I don't know when the last Bourne... It, it was probably at the tail end of the Bourne trilogy or what it, what it is now. Uh, and I, I think they were in competition with that. Um, and so they were trying to say, hey, Bond is just like... He's, he's the old man's Jason Bourne, so hey, he can, he can keep up with him. I think what they should have done with this one, if they had, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but in Skyfall and Inspector, they bring out the um, the more classic James Bond stuff, like the gadgets and Money Penny and Q, and they bring it all. If they had slowly kind of incorporated that into Quantum of Solace, like 
hey, James Bond, here's this guy Q, and he's going to give you this cool little gadget while you go hunt down this environmentalist or whatever. But <laughs> Then it would have been a little more forgivable, but all it was was Bond just, you know, chewing gum and kicking butt, and he's all out of gum, you know? Right. But that's a better movie you're quoting. I just yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that was my they second. Is awesome. That was my second problem with this movie was that it didn't feel like a Bond movie at all. I mean, you had none of those nods to the old franchise that Casino had, and that the the so next. So you two think had. this is the least Bond of all the Bond movies? Oh yeah, like I said earlier. But you know, I I don't know. I I feel like the character of Bond was more like Bond. He was sleeping around. He was. You know, I, I feel like they were trying to get his character more classic than the Casino Royale was. But but they they ruined all the good stuff that they started to do with him mm-hmm. in Casino yeah. Royale. You know, he in Casino Royale, he said all these little things in a way without... They, they weren't cheesy, but he still said them with kind of like a wink in his voice. He, there was none of that in this movie. Well, it's like even when he, you know, they asked... In the Casino Royale, they asked him if he wanted it shaken or stirred. And he his reply is great because you, you're expecting that line, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know. It, it's... I really don't like this movie. This is one of my least favorite Bond movies, period. Well, and the the plot was not that maniacal. I mean, it, they, they did the plot twist and like, oh, they're trying to control the water source of this Bolivian... Kind of, like, nobody cares. One of the history teachers I used to work with, because I have been an English teacher in the past... Uh, I wasn't going to reveal too much. As yeah, I said. <laughs> said that... Uh, they know! That every Bond movie plays off of society's biggest fear at the time. So with the Casino Royale, you had terrorism and financing terrorism. This one, I'm like, what were they going for here? Because they started off with all the talk about oil, which, you know, was a, is a huge concern still today. And then they kind of sidestepped us into this controlling the water supply. That And he and he wasn't a great villain. I don't even know which one you're considering a villain. There's two of them, but really wasn't a great villain. It wasn't a great neither Bond girl. One, well, neither one of them was a great villain because, I mean, I think every Bond villain needs to have something. And in here I saw... Uh, a quote by Matteo Amarok, basically the guy that played Dominic Green, that he was begging Mark Forster to give him something, like something distinguished. He was like, can I have a scar, a beard, something? Like, you know, um, Lashif Le- uh, has the bleeding tear duct. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy uh, in um, Skyfall, which I can't remember his name right now, the uh, Silva, you know, he, he has this whole jacked up thing. Uh-huh. He has his look. This guy has nothing. He doesn't have anything discernible. Right. I, yeah, I can barely and, remember his name. And at the end, his his big evil plan was cheating Madrano out of money. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, yeah. he's cheating the other bad guy out of money. We're supposed to feel like he's villainous because of that? Yeah, it just mm-hmm. didn't click for me. Yeah. I mean, so, is there, there anything you like about it? Uh, I did have a couple. Like I said, the character development was, was fairly good. And I like the ending where they circled back to Vesper's boyfriend who was yes. pretending to be, you know, or somebody else and tricking her into and all that. And he got his comeuppance and, and it showed that Bond didn't kill him, you know, and that he was showing some restraint finally and not killing everybody. Mm-hmm. So if I could sum this up in two words, it would be blind rage is basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. I like it. You're just copying him or bit off of. Hey, I like that. <laughs> I might use that from now on. Yeah. But you started here. All right, so if you if we want to just briefly talk about Skyfall, because it's not one of my picks, but I feel like we need to at least. Is that okay with you all? Uh, yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, the I was going to say, like, when we mentioned, you know, last episode uh, that you didn't include it on your list, we thought that was kind of strange, because most people consider Skyfall to be, like, the pinnacle of the, of the Daniel Craig ones. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, when Skyfall first came out, I still preferred Casino Royale. Uh, I've since grown to really like Skyfall. 
uh, more than I did in theaters. My biggest problem is after uh, Silva escapes, and then it does the whole Home Alone thing at Skyfall. Yeah, and I, that's yeah. when I have to just turn off that movie. But prior to that, it's a, it's pretty fantastic. Well, speaking on that plot point, when I watched it again, I thought that their premise is that Bond wants to get M out ahead this time. But at that point in the plot, they had already reached the point where Silva could possibly have planned. Like he had, Silva had been building this whole time to this event, and they escaped with their lives. So at that point, you'd think they could call in the police and the you know the all their men with guns and solve it. But then they, he decides to go to his home and. Scotland and, <laughs> and you know the I can't think of the guy's name, but it was originally going to be played by Sean Connery. That was going to be the oh wow yeah Albert Finney uh, Albert yeah Fini. yeah yeah that's right that's right. And I mean, so I I like Skyfall, but I agree with you, Charles. That you know why are people saying that Skyfall is better than Casino Royale? Are they crazy? You know, I mean it's it's a good yeah it's good entertaining, but Casino Royale is brilliant. Yeah, but I I also think that uh, I think Silva's one is the best villain out of all the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah, I'd I, agree. I think that the cinematography is by far the best. I think the Adele song is the best, and <laughs> yeah. the, in the opening credits, yeah. there's a lot going for it. But I mean, truly, like you know, one of the things that annoys me about Bond villains is they always talk, 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 and set up the cheesy metaphors. Spectre does that when they're inside the kind of crater thing. But this one, I actually like Silva's entrance when he's talking about the. Oh, that was great. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's talking about the you know the the, the, the rats, rats and the coconuts and mm-hmm. and. But the the shot is fantastic. It's a long, wide take. You literally see him get off an elevator and walk towards the camera. It's just a perfect setup for this character, mm-hmm. and it's brilliantly played. Like I, I really do think the acting, even Daniel Craig's, because uh, I didn't really like him so much, Inspector, but I liked his performance as Bond the most in Skyfall. So, yeah, it. Was, I mean, talk about gritty. That was a pretty gritty movie too. Yeah. So. Well, here my problem with Skyfall is what it does with the franchise arc because the second movie quantum of solace happened right after casino royale and this is the third movie and they're throwing in all these uh all this talk about him being an old dog learning new tricks and he's like past his prime i'm like this is only the third movie no i agree with you on that but then i was that's what i was kind of talking about earlier with the whole 10 year thing like he i mean when did this when it come out 2012 yeah so he'd been playing it for six years at that point connery had already you know he did a movie every year so i don't i don't know i don't Daniel Craig, he's is he in his forties or fifties now. Forties. He's in his fifties now. I think late forties, early fifties. I forget. Oh, wow. I looked it up. I, I mean, he could still forty-seven. I mean, he could still play Bond for several years to come. I don't have a right. problem with that. I mean, Roger Moore was older than Sean Connery when he took over the franchise, so I don't have a problem with that at all. It's just that, like I said, Inspector. I feel like Daniel Craig was. It seemed like he was phoning it in a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. let me just say before we move on to obviously your ugly pick, um, there will be some spoilers from this point on. If yeah. you haven't seen a movie that is currently in two theaters in the DFW area, <laughs> you know we should have we've spoiled every other pond up to this point. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, you only care about the newest one. I'm just saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spoiler alert for Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactively. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so go ahead, Mark. Um, actually, you know, first my two my two word uh, review for Skyfall is family issues, and this will come into play with the Spectre discussion as well because they did a great job in Skyfall setting up that kind of unholy family with M and her two son, quote unquote sons, Bond and mm-hmm. Silva, and how that all played out, which was amazing. So now we get to Spectre. 
<laughs> which is not amazing. I feel I feel like they before I do the synopsis, I feel like Inspector my two word review is overcompensation because I feel like everything they did really well in Skyfall, they just threw in and went way overboard with Spectre, but I'll get there in a second. Okay. <laughs> M, M gives Bond a posthumous message. This is the synopsis. To track down a man associated with yet another secret organization. We later find out is Spectre. The new M suspends Bond indefinitely for acting without authority because M16 is currently in a power struggle. Excuse me. M is currently in a power struggle with C, played by Andrew Scott, also known as Moriarty from the great Sherlock yes. franchise, who shuts down the 00 section and wants England to join a global surveillance and intelligence cooperation initiative with eight other member states. Meanwhile, Bond ignores his suspension, of course, tracks down a Spectre meeting and is discovered by its leader, Franz Oberhauser, who, <laughs> that's my German accent there for you, you're Spot welcome, on. yeah, who addressed Bond goes. by name. Bond escapes and meets up with uh, our old friend, Mr. White, from the first two movies, who has been poisoned by Spectre and is slowly dying. He tells Bond he only wants his daughter to be safe and sends him uh, to her in a place called La Marcon, saying this will in turn lead them to Spectre. Uh, so that's kind of the, the first half of the movie there. Um, so, yeah, this is my ugly pick because, like I said in Skyfall, they did a great job with the family. And we learned that Oberhauser is really James Bond's stepbrother or half-brother, whatever. I think stepbrother because his adopted father. Yeah, they weren't related. Right, they weren't related, but they were legally family. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they decided, oh, some Q was good in the first movie, so let's throw all the Q back into this one. You know, in Skyfall, they made a big deal about, uh, oh, here's just a gun and a radio. And in this movie, we have a whole Q branch with all these silly gadgets again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We all sucked. Yeah. I I mean, I liked Spectre, but I agree that it's a good, ugly pick because they, they one of the great things about, I mean, we've kind of said this, one of the great things about the Daniel Craig movies is that they were sort of going away from some of the camp of the earlier movies to make it fit in more with with more modern times and and now it seemed like they're slowly like what if we brought that back and so they you know the whole scene where he like falls down and lands on the couch and polishes his cufflinks and and walks away that's something that would have happened in a roger moore movie you know they i i thought they the camp doesn't gel with me uh with the jan with with daniel craig's version of bond It, it just doesn't seem to fit yeah, you mentioned camp, and I made a list here. We've got an exploding watch that saves the day. We've got a car chase scene with all the gadgets on the car. Uh, and we have over-the-top minor villains like Mr. Hinks, who, you know, <laughs> crushes a man's eyes with his thumbs and gets thrown out of a, you know, train. That scene was kind of cool, getting thrown out of the train, but I don't know. It just seemed a little over-the-top throughout the whole thing. And then the time bomb going off at the end, and you have to find your love or she'll die. Yeah. Well, and okay, so you guys have all seen Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. yes. So one of the things they did for that movie was, um, you know, the, they kept saying who Benedict Cumberbatch was playing. It's like, oh, he's not playing Khan. He's different character name. He's not Khan. And then you see the stupid movie and he's Khan. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they did the same thing with this movie. It's like Christoph Waltz. They kept saying, oh, he's not playing Blofeld. They're, they're saying, he's not playing him. He's not playing him. And he kept giving him a different name. And I'm like, all right. And then at the end, he it's says Blofeld. his name. Yeah. That's my name. I changed it. <laughs> There was no point to that. Like, why? And also, IMDb has him listed as Blofeld. Well, and now they do. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't used to. Right. Before the movie came out. Uh, but but that's the thing. It's like, that is a totally pointless character reveal. And, <laughs> of course, everyone said he was that. So going in, I knew that was going to be the case. But the, even the scene where he reveals himself, he picks up a cat. 
And yeah, it's such it was, a cheesy, yeah. on-the-nose nod to the originals. Well, see, I think that the character of Blofeld himself, even from the 60s um, Connery films, is a little ridiculous in general. But at the same time, he's a good villain. He's a good arch nemesis for James Bond. And I have no problem with him bringing Blofeld, a modern Blofeld. But the fact that it's like, oh, but he's also his adoptive brother. That's right. a little soap opera. Yeah. And unnecessary. And yeah. he really, I just didn't think it was needed He's kind of behind everything that happened in the previous Daniel Craig Bond movies. But that's pointless. Like, right. It's not like he did anything. I thought it was a little cheap that they just said, oh... Spectre is a is the Overlord organization that Quantum fit under, and oh, he was also in charge of Silva, even though they never hinted at that. You know, it, it was like it's it almost is... it's almost like if we were sitting here, Mark, and I said, "Remember when you got that flat tire? That was me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. The, and remember when you failed yeah. fourth grade? That was me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I thought the main the I thought the main uh, conflict here was, you know, in. In Skyfall, they had Silva who could do anything with a touch of a button. And this one was, we're collecting a lot of data, like the NSA, you know, and it was kind of like, well, that's not any more scary than what Silva could do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I think Silva was a better villain. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, obviously, you're getting high-quality actors in these roles. I mean, and I love Waltz is amazing. I love Christoph Waltz. I did not like him in this movie. Neither did I. I didn't think it was good casting. Or... When they when they did his whole reveal scene at that first meeting when he was in the shadows, it there was no suspense for me because we all knew it was him anyway from the trailers, and right. I don't know, it's just right. I didn't like how they handled him. Yeah, and it, it set it up kind of like the Godfather kind of so did, and it just wasn't I don't know. I, again, he didn't have a good introduction as a character, which I think Silva did. Well, and also his his relationship with um, the the girl, the uh, the daughter, Madeline Swan. Yeah, um, Madeline Swan. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just in in Casino Royale. It's believable that he has he's really fallen for this girl. Mm-hmm. By this time around, it's kind of like you know, it, he's James Bond. You know why is he you know so attached to this girl anymore? And and they knew each other for like five minutes. It seemed yeah. like it, he just it, had so we, much. It's very cliche. You was it you Kelly that was talking about? Even on the train scene, it seemed like there was yes. no chemistry. There wasn't any chemistry, and they just—it felt like they were trying to make her the new Vesper in so many ways. They just straight up—I mean, that whole train sequence was basically just ripped off of Casino Royale. Yeah. I mean, it was and the, the down to the part where she's coming down the aisle in the dress, and he's like wowzers or whatever, you know. Well, just... But the you know, I, I don't know what it was, but it's like the, the funny is actually the best part about her character was when she was like saying she wasn't going to sleep with him, and he had to sleep outside of the bed. Because that was like, okay, right. they're doing something different with this character. And then five minutes later, she's wanting to sleep yeah. with him. Yeah. So my problem was, she looked really young. She's 30. I looked it up. But she looks younger than that. And in Skyfall, they made all these comments about how old Bond is. And so they, I don't know, just the age difference kind of made me uncomfortable too. Well, and the actors are 17 years apart, right. which, you know, age is only a number. But, you know. <laughs> at the same Where are you time, with this, Mike? <laughs> yeah. At the same time, 17 years, I don't know. It's kind of... It, it, it seems like James Bond at this age, and like you said, the movie is portraying him and is an older man. It would be a little more believable if he had a more mature woman. I was so excited when I, before I saw this movie, because they were touting Monica Bellucci yes, as the yes. new Bond girl. Yeah. And so I was like, oh man, that's amazing! Like they're finally giving him an appropriately aged woman to to be his new companion in this thing. And and she's like a glorified cameo in it. And it he practically just... rapes her. Yeah. 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 
Mm. Uncomfortable. I mean, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, I'm directing this towards you. Where can they go now? Oh, see, I don't know. That's that's the big question because that's kind of what started Charles and I on this discussion and kind of led me here today is that I don't know where they're going with the franchise now. I feel like they've important. been all over the place. You know, so important. I led you on a journey. All right, yeah, yeah. Because I really wanted to talk with Charles about what he thought. Because from Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace to Skyfall to this movie, they've been all over the board. I have no idea where they're going next. But they gave him a happy ending, basically, for this one. He gets to walk away with yeah, the that, girl. Yeah. and Yeah. So if he makes another movie, what happens? I don't know. I mean, do you guys think Daniel Craig will come back? Or do you think they'll just reboot it from here? I think... My silly thought, and I would hate if they did this, but you know, if maybe they killed off his character, and now every 007 from now on carries the code name James Bond or something like that, because people used to think that was a code name, and and obviously it's not in this in this yeah, reboot. Right. But. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that I have heard that theory that James Bond is just a name, and Skyfall is the place where they take young men to brainwash them, to you know condition them to become the person of James Bond because that's who they really need. That's what England needs is this cold, heartless killer, you know. Hmm. What country doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's great to be here. For this uh, enlightening Daniel Craig, James Bond discussion. Next week, or next time we're together... It is my pick. It is my. Do you pick. know what you're gonna pick? <laughs> I do. You know. Sound surprised? <laughs> it's my pick. Oh no! Well, hold on just a minute. Now, um, I am going to pick movies by the director Tim Burton. There are fifteen. A little more to choose from than four, but <laughs> he's only made fifteen movies. He's only made. Wow. Fi- well, he's only directed fifteen movies. Let me clarify that. Only directed fifteen movies. So the movies I have chosen, uh, and I'm gonna do chronological order. Our Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We've learned a lot from this podcast, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> from Mark. Yeah. Um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Ed Wood. I thought you forgot for a second. No. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Yes. Ah, that's what that was. And Dark Shadows from 2012. Wow, that sounds fascinating. I would love to be there for that. Can I come back and join you all for that for that discussion? Absolutely not. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. No, just kidding. Come on back if you want to. All right. If you could stand us. We can learn a lot more from you, Mark. So, But guys, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, check us out on Twitter at uh, Good Bad Podcast. And also on Facebook. It's just awesome. And um, our website is just awesome.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.